When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, Space Cadets. My name is Will, and today I'm going to talk about the Flat Earth Society. What is it? Where did it come from? What do they believe in? Well, we know they believe that the Earth is flat, but why do they believe it? Uh, But before I get into that, let's get into a couple thank yous. Thank you for all of our Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your continued support. Thank you for everybody who's following on social media at Space News Pod. Thank you for anybody who's subscribed on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Space News Pod. Also um, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Space News Pod. If you really like the content on this podcast, make sure to hit subscribe right now to get this in your podcasting platform every single day. Listen to it on your way to work. Listen to it in the shower. Listen to it wherever you want to listen to it. On your run, on your jog, whatever you want to do while you're working out. Thank you so much for subscribing. You are amazing. And I can't say it enough. I really do appreciate all of your support. So I'm going to go back a little bit in time here. When I first heard of the Flat Earth Society, it was on a punk rock song when I was younger. It's called The Flat Earth Society by Bad Religion. It's an amazing song. If you've ever listened to punk rock, this is a great song from an older, great band that you might not have listened to. So go back, check it out. So where did the Flat Earth Society start? The modern Flat Earth belief originated with the English writer Samuel Robotham in 1816 through 1884. That's when this guy lived. And based on conclusions derived from the Bedford Level Experiment. But let me explain to you a little bit what this Bedford Level Experiment is. It's a series of observations carried out along a six mile, which is 9.7 kilometer, length of the old Bedford River on the Bedford Level of the Cambridgeshire Fens in the United Kingdom during the 19th and early 20th centuries to measure the curvature of our Mother Earth, Gaia. Samuel Burley Robotham, who conducted the first observations, started in 1838, claimed he had proven that the Earth is flat. But in 1870, after adjusting Uh, Robotham's method to avoid the effects of atmospheric refraction, Alfred Russell Wallace found a curvature consistent with the spherical Earth. So all the way back in 1870, this was proven wrong. The Flat Earth was proven wrong way back then, but the Flat Earth Society continues today. So Robotham wrote, If the Earth is a globe and is 25,000 English miles in circumference, the surface of all standing water must have a certain degree of convexity. Every part must be an arc of a circle. From the summit of any such arc, there will exist a curvature or a declination of 8 inches in the first mile. In the second mile, the fall will be 32 inches. In the third mile, 72 inches or 6 feet. And he's measuring this 
on a slow flowing drainage canal running in an uninterrupted straight line for six miles. So according to this, um, the first few miles of the curvature would be so great that no difficulty could exist in detecting either its actual existence or its proportion. In the county of Cambridge, there is an artificial river, a canal called the Old Bedford. And it is upwards of 20 miles in length and passes in a straight line through that part of the fens called Bedford Level. The water is nearly stationary, often completely so, and throughout its entire length has no interruption from locks or water gates of any kind, so that is it. In every respect, well adapted for ascertaining whether any or what amount of convexity really exists. So the experiment goes down, they measure everything, and they find that the Earth has no curvature. So let me back up a little bit here. So the at this point in time, there were a lot of people from the old school who didn't believe in science. They didn't believe in the scientific method. What they thought was that there was this the Earth was a disk, right? And the North Pole was the center of this disk. And that's it. Like the Earth is flat and it's a it's a round disk. So for this first experiment at the site, it was conducted by Robotham. In the summer of 1838, he waded into the river and used a telescope held eight inches above the water to watch a boat with a flag on its mast three feet above the water rose slowly away from him. He reported that the vessel remained constantly in his view for the full six miles to Wellney Bridge, whereas had the water surface been curved with the accepted circumference of a spherical earth, the top of the mast should have been some 11 feet below his line of sight and he published his observation using the pseudonym Parallax in 1849 and subsequently expanded it into a book, Earth, Not a Globe, in 1865. And he did these experiments several times, uh, but his claims received little attention until in 1870, somebody named John Hampton offered a wager that he could show by repeating the experiment that the Earth was indeed flat. So Alfred Russell Wallace accepted the wager. Wallace, he's a surveyor and he knew physics and he avoided the errors that these guys, the flat earthers, had done in their experiments. He set a sight line 13 feet above the water and that reduced the effects of atmospheric refraction. And atmospheric refraction is the deviation of light or other electromagnetic wave from a straight line as it passes through the atmosphere due to the variation in air density as a function of height. And this refraction is due to the velocity of light through the air, decreasing with increased density. An atmosphere of refraction near the ground produces mirages. Such refraction can also raise or lower or stretch or shorten the images of distant objects without involving mirages. Turbulent air can make distant objects appear to wrinkle or shimmer, and the term also applies to the refraction of sound. Atmospheric refraction is considered in measuring the position of both celestial and terrestrial objects. So anything on the Earth and anything in the sky you have to use this tactic, this technique to uh, make sure that you're seeing it properly. So they had referees at this thing. It wasn't just these guys standing there in the middle of the water with their telescopes out. No, they had referees. And Wallace was awarded the bet by the referee. And then Hampton, who's a sore loser, 
published a pamphlet alleging that Wallace had cheated and sued for his money back. And not only did he want his money back, but this went to court. There were numerous court cases, and the result was that Hampton was imprisoned for threatening to kill Wallace and for libel. He tried to kill, he wanted to kill the guy that (laughs) that proved him wrong. How crazy is this guy? The same court ruled that the wager had been invalid because Hampton retracted the bet and required that Wallace return the money to Hampton. Wallace, who had been unaware of uh, Robotham's earlier experiments, was criticized by his peers because he bet on a scientific fact. I mean, what can you do? He was trying to prove the guy wrong. He needed some easy money. So you go down to this river, you throw up a couple telescopes, you check it out, and then you win. You get the money. Or you get taken to court a bunch of times, and then the guy threatens to kill you, and then he goes to jail. I mean, well, you know, it's cool. Free money, right? But it didn't stop there. There's other flat earthers that came afterward. And Lady Elizabeth Ann Blount in 1904 who would go on to be influential in the formation of the Flat Earth Society, which is still in existence today. And they have a website. They have a bunch of people joining every year, a couple hundred people joining every year. And, you know, people are flocking to it. They think it's a real thing. It's not. It's been scientifically proven wrong. I mean, refraction, right? Refraction proves it wrong 100%. Sorry, Flat Earthers, if you're out there listening, you're wrong. Science it up. Think about refraction. It can produce the results noted by Blount because the density of the Earth's air in the atmosphere decreases with height above the Earth's surface. All light rays traveling nearly horizontally bend downward, assuming a curve or change in air temperature along the line of sight. And this phenomenon is routinely allowed for in leveling and celestial navigation. So remember when I said that book earlier, Earth, Not a Globe? He proposed that the Earth was a flat disk and a center is at the North Pole. And also the southern edge of this flat Earth was uh, an ice wall, a wall of ice, Antarctica. And the same uh, Samuel Robotham guy further held the belief that the sun and moon were 3,000 miles above the Earth, that the cosmos was 3,100 miles above the Earth. He also published a leaflet titled The Inconsistency of Modern Astronomy and its opposition to the scriptures, which argued that the Bible, alongside our senses, supported the idea that the earth was flat and immovable, and this essential truth should not be set aside for a system based solely on human conjecture. So you remember uh, Miss Emily Blount from before? Well, she did, you know, she made the Flatter Society to begin with, right? She was part of that whole process. But since then, it's been disbanded a bunch of times. It came back and went away. It came back. Uh, but now it's back again in full force. In 2004, Daniel Shenton uh, resurrected the Flat Earth Society, based it around a web-based discussion forum, a message board, and it eventually led to the official relaunch of the society in October of 2009. But it also started accepting new members in 2001. Thomas Dolby was a guy that joined up. Thomas Dolby is a musician from the 80s. You remember that song? Blinded me with science, science, science. That guy, he is, um, he's part of it. So this guy, musician, very talented, super talented guy. He's part of the Flat Earth Society. And as of July of 2017, 
over 500 people have become official members of the Flat Earth Society. And you can become a member of the Flat Earth Society by going to their website. I'm not going to promote it because it's, well, I'm going to be frank here. It's not real science. I don't want to promote something that's not real science. So you can go join their club, though. You can go join the Flat Earth Society and you can opt in. You have to send them a postcard, though. You have to you have to send them an old school postcard through the mail where you have to put your city, state and country in and you have to put your name for their online membership records if you want to be listed. So you don't have to. You can also put in uh, your email address and you'll be emailed a membership confirmation along with a printable membership certificate. So this is all done through the regular mail. I guess because they want serious people instead of just people spamming their email addresses. So there's a lot more information that you can find on the web about, you know, the way that the Earth is actually curved. You can see it. You can see it. You can see it from the space station. You can see it from space. Pictures of the Earth from space are beautiful. Absolutely stunning. And there are so many, so many beautiful things to see on our Earth that why would you want it to be flat? And there's also so many things that I didn't get into about the flat Earth. You know, what happens if you fall off the side? Will gravity keep you on our flat Earth? Is it actually like how thick is it? How thick is the Earth? What happens when you go to the ice wall? What's there? How do you get over the ice wall? You know, can you get over the ice wall? And what happens if you go over the top of it? Do you just fall straight off the other side into space? I'm going to talk about that in another episode because I just don't have time this time, people. There's a lot of stuff to cover here. So that being said, this is the end of the episode. I want to say thank you for listening. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have any ideas about the Flat Earth, if you're a Flat Earther, I want to know how you came with to your conclusions. Really uh, hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Space News Pod. Let me know what's up. Also on YouTube, uh, Space News Pod, Twitch, Space News Pod. Everywhere that you find podcasts, search for Space News Podcast and subscribe to this right now. If you like this episode, if you want more episodes like this, just let me know because I think these things are really cool and weird. The Flat Earth is weird. So uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Space News Pod. My name is Will and I will see you soon.